Is there a parenting playbook and what does it look like? Did our parents think about how they were perceived by the children they nurtured into entitlement? Why do parents today need labels to define the milestones of the journey that they are on? You don't need to hide your own flaws to nurture your child's individuality. The best role models for kids are people who are able to be kind to themselves and accepting of all facets of their being. Parenting jargon makes Google searches easier, sure, but we don't need to be confused by the language or dragged down by the weight that the words of others may carry. Very interesting thing happened. A little stray black cat walked in through our front door the other night and I was mortified when we actually found out because it had been inside the house obviously for a while and then one of our guests was like I think that's a cat oh, wow. and I'm like what and was like get it out Everyone tried to be very gentle and it was not working out. So then finally I called the guard and the guard bhaiya came and it tiny little things scurried on a couple of our uh, picture frames and then ran to the kitchen. And it was rescued from there and Ishan was mortified by my reaction because it scratched the guard. and i was just like you know please what do we need to sanitize sanitize and where has it been has it peed anywhere all of that and ishan is like how can you be so awful you were not bothered about this guard who got scratched and and you're just this awful person who's only overwhelmed and worried about your house and only papa was nice and asked him and took him and took him to the hospital saw that he needed shots or whatever and i felt like terrible i'm like do you not know me like i knew that papa was going to be the empathetic one and he would take that on and he was going to see that the guard bhaiya was all right and ishan was so judgmental and he was like i'm really unhappy with how you've behaved i've gone through two days of tremendous guilt like am i not the perfect role model like am i worried only about cleanliness and you know <laughs> all of those things where i'm taking this is more that we're so used to uh, being judged by the rest of the world and then when your kids do it and then you realize my god you've created these people who who are also going to have judgments <laughs> and yeah and that's what hit me and i'm like my first reaction was how dare you you're only 9 years old how could it enter your head that you could say something like this i think i've been really troubled for the past two days like how am i going to deal with my children growing up and then having opinions what does that do to how i'm going to grow as a person and be more accepting of their views and how they react to things how they process things i i wonder do we have to change ourselves for our kids so much i don't know i mean if you don't love animals 
then even if you're putting up an act of being okay with it, I think there'll be a slip up or it'll come out. See, when it the kids can happens. see these things. I think it is it is very interesting what you're sharing here because I've been called mean by my children. I've been called bad and I'm scolding all the time. Uh, there are certain things that I do that can make them feel that I'm a bad person or especially when it comes to rules or my way of doing things in my house. It is hard for opinionated children, I think, to accept parents as people also. Which is kind of ironical because, you know, who's who's helping them or supporting their individuality? It's us who do it. But we are also then on the receiving end of it, I think. Yeah. It's okay to have some boundaries or to say, I don't want to do this or I can't play with you right now or I can't have a cat inside the house. Or when we go somewhere, you know, you don't do this and you don't do that. Our job is very hard to have these rules in place to uh, also in a way be ourselves uh, not feel judged by our kids. I think judgment will happen. You know, it also reminds me of the kindness we have to remind ourselves of. That I'm not a bad parent if I'm making this rule. What do you think, Bakul? Ha do you have any incident like this to share? Yeah, so my son is only two and he's still quite opinionated. He's still quite... I'm sure he has his own little pre-verbal judgments. You know, I think it's parenting is so early for me right now. I'm still at a place where I'm saying I have to undo everything that I thought was wrong, quote unquote wrong with my parenting, with, with, with the parenting that I received. So I started off as all naive mothers, I will do the exact opposite of what my mother did. I had successfully villainized my mother <laughs> during my pregnancy and said, this I will not do, this I will not do. My whole playbook for parenting came from the op wanting to be the opposite of my mother because God bless her soul, she was extremely harsh in my early years. She was a very young mother, got married. I mean, she eloped, so she got married one week after meeting my dad. Uh, I don't think she was thinking about what she was doing. I, I, she was only 22 when she had me. I, I think life threw a lot of surprises uh, at her when she was young. And anyway, it all came out in the way that she was as a mother, and which was very, very harsh in the first 10 years of my life. And for me, that was a very formative experience. That was a very, very defining experience in terms of who I became, in terms of my difficulties with authority, in terms of being not assertive, in terms of just over adapting to the needs of everyone around me, in terms of taking caregiving roles. So a lot of my personality was shaped around my relationship with my mom in our early years. Of course, later on in life, she became the complete opposite and she was terrific and angelic and all of that is a different story. But when I became a mom, my first uh, goal was to speak with my therapist and say, how do I make sure that the muscle memory, the what my body remembers of being parented doesn't get replicated with Jahan, which means I'm not short fused. I'm not dysregulated. I'm not angry. I'm not con you know extremely controlling, just all of that. So 
Now, as a result of it, I am pretty bad with boundaries in the sense I'm very, very, okay, Jahan, let's talk about it. Let's negotiate. Let's, let's see what this means. Let's, let's see how we can arrive at a you know, mutually uh, agreeable solution to the fact that you want to play with your car for the 89th time at 8.30 p.m. So I'm actually struggling to be hated by my kid, to be judged by my kid, because I spent such a long time hating my mom. I don't want to be hated at all. So my husband's picked this up uh, and then he calls me a pushover with my kid. I am not very good with letting my kid judge me. I want to prevent it at all costs. So that's where I am right now. What's that like for you, Gunjan? Because you have two to deal with at the same time, same age, Hmm. but different personalities. I'm trying to remember. We forget very easily. Okay, so... I did also carry with me in my parenting a lot of I don't want to be like this or that like my parents are or the parents I had I was working with as a school counselor there were times I would see neglect I would see anger and abuse violence I would uh, also see parents who were who put a lot of pressure on their children academically and so I just had a script of all the ways I didn't want to be harsh on my children. So it did take me in that space in the early years to be extremely permissive, to allow everything, to not have, uh, you know, a routine where, okay, bedtime, we're going to get into bed, no playing or no reading. And so that permissiveness drained me out. And I remember being very exhausted all the time because I would be giving into what my children needed, what my what the babies needed. And then as they got older, as toddlers, so that meant I was moving around a lot. I was uh, making sure Tara has what she needs and then also Tosh gets what he needs. And somewhere in that process, I also, I think I recognize that I'm losing myself so I started allowing myself to be more human. So I would make mistakes, cry, yell, and then apologize. That's what I remember. It's very patchy. I don't know how I, you know, if there was one way to do this. Like right now, for me, it's very important they have a better routine, for example. Bedtime, wake-up time, bath, food, all of that. Homework with mainstream schooling. A lot of... I have to come into that line of that straight line that we are expected to follow. And with that, I am now a lot more of a conformist. I understand I have to wake up at six, make their tiffin, let them be in school before 7.45. So a lot of that is being governed by what is expected of me. And I'm trying lesser and lesser to be different to do things differently, to do things my way. It is a bit sad. I wish I could do things at my pace and parent in all the ways that I wanted to before I became a parent. But I'm willing to also assimilate, conform a little bit now, a little bit more than I did when they were babies. 
this is what i remember i think yeah i think such an interesting question to ask ourselves are we our mothers and i see a lot of my mother in me and it's kind of come up come about again from years of just being used to how she parented and she was a pushover in many ways and then she had this anger you know that would crop up very rarely but it would be you know something that would come up but to the everyday basic things it was just like let's do whatever you need and that's what i've done with my my kids and it's largely worked but uh, now i see that with aisha there's already a pushing back and you know she has her own personality so she's a lot like what i was as a child because i tested boundaries and things like that ishan never did that but now he's wiser than everyone else so he sees everything that's going wrong and comes to his own very sensible conclusions and then you're like i can't just explain this away because i've made a sensible child and now that sensible child is holding me to everything that i have taught him <laughs> now it's like quality control so he looks at me and he says that maybe you need to be more patient and maybe you need it's all right that you've lost control mm-hmm. and it's okay that you've apologized and we can start afresh but you need to remember that you can't do this and it's it's not okay and i don't think i had that relationship with my mother there are these boundaries that have been they've been widened as far as my child is concerned but in my head i still have the boundaries that my mom set for me mm. so i'm like there's this push and pull, pull for me because i don't know where i fit mm. and then you have the school that again they are a very very liberal school that again allows them to do everything and they bring that back and they like see the didis don't lose their cool i'm being pulled in so many directions that i don't know where to be like okay this is my mud this is my way of dealing with this situation without falling into what my mother did and then you have my child who's so completely sure of who he is and that's what i made and now i'm struggling i'm like you're okay a little too good <laughs> and a little too sorted and i wish you a little more um accommodating in in like what you feel and so i have to very often tell him that it's okay i can mess up and that's all right and i know i'm your mom but you have to allow me to also have those uh vulnerable moments and those moments where i lose control and 
that's the current struggle and i wonder if other parents also have this that you know you are on one end the 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 fun parent who would let everything happen and you're the strict parent so it's really 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 hard it is yeah i agree it is very hard to make to create that balance or to have a bit of what you want and a little bit of what the children want and what what will be fun for them and then some things that are fun for them maybe are not fun for you like cleaning up after they've had a big play date that's not fun you said something that made a lot of sense around what they hear other people like when at school didis are not losing their cool when they're hanging out with friends their mothers are very nice and very accommodating it could also be that your partner has a role of being the good guy the fun parent the one who takes them out spends the money doesn't say no and then you are in a tighter spot mm. because you are the only ones making rules telling them what to do and that is what i am experiencing with taratosh as they grow up earlier our world was very tiny i was the one giving instructions i was the one expecting things out of them and i was doing it in a playful way because they were smaller a lot more agreeable fewer opinions to handle as they get older they are pushing back they are reminding me often that they are a person of their own making it their own needs um it's a delicate balance it's that push and pull it's that dance that we have to do and the other people allowing them to do things or being the fun space it makes me feel sad a little bit i wish that other people were doing the strictness and the rules and everything and i could just chill with my kids party put on the music dance not have to bother them with finishing their homework or brushing their teeth twice that's what you get when you're grandmother yeah my mother has that right now and all <laughs> these like, grandmothers all the yeah. good stuff yeah i don't have to care yeah i that's that's true that's that's true because so many things i notice my mother do for my children which i'm like you never did this for me and she's like now i can right so so two things one this relationship with our mothers that are changing or being questioned or being reflected upon and the other is how we are not the fun loving parent all the time with a child we are that mother who has rules and things that need to be done or are sometimes just being human getting scared of a cat or getting upset with a lizard crawling inside the house i've done that that was spot on for me gunjan because uh, i now realize that perhaps my mother was the demon that she was because she was burdened and tasked with all the practical logistical khana peena padhai karna kids have to be well behaved my dad was the fun play person we loved him because he was exceedingly playful because he had the privilege to be and my mom didn't have that privilege and she couldn't draw upon her playful selves which playful parts which is why later on in her life that those parts came out when she wasn't you know bogged down by these other 
practical logistical the dirty tasks and i think um that brings me to a question it's a very fundamental almost existential question what is our biggest fear about ourselves as mothers right what are we most scared of seeing in ourselves what are the shadow parts the dark parts of ourselves that we don't want to see and i think for me that that rule that i don't want to violate which is very unrealistic because i'm going to violate it is having a dysregulated nervous system you know priya said losing control and and i thought you know losing control means different things for different people losing control over your relationship with your child losing control over your own emotions losing control over the idea of obedience uh losing control over the the way your house looks how clean it is how dirty it is i have i'm very very loose on all of those counts but for me that one area of control is my emotions and my relationship my my ability to be reasonable with my child i am terrified of losing that because i paid a very high cost in my life for my mom not being able to access those things so now it's very interesting that what what perhaps seems like permissive is just me trying to make sure i'm not a dysregulated person and the fact is it's going to happen i'm going to lose my shit i'm going to yell but at the moment i've not given myself permission to do it i don't know when and how it will happen i'm i'm possibly too afraid of going there but those are my absolute no nos right now uh and i will say that the last two years have been spent not yelling not getting dysregulated not being able to have conversations about everything and a lot goes into making sure i'm able to be like that from therapy to exercise from having my own huge i mean uh, having a huge chunk of my own life untouched by my child a lot goes into preserving that island of regulation quote unquote it will fall apart i am 100% sure and that's also okay but that's where i'm most afraid of losing control you put it together so well it makes so much sense i think for what i sense for priya for me for all three of us we are also getting a lot of information on the idea of dysregulated nervous system yeah we didn't have this language earlier so idea of self care for example having a life outside parenting we didn't have this even a few years back i would think right so i am thinking of mothers who are listening to this who have like kids who are in who are teenagers right now for example maybe when they were uh, parenting those early years they didn't have this language but i think it is a big responsibility we have or maybe a big expectation we have of ourselves to keep it together in front of our kids many times i've given myself the permission to be dysregulated when there is extreme stress when things have to be done most times when i am left on my own to mother when there is very little support i have allowed them to see this breaking down crying irritable shouting person getting angry i've allowed them to see this in the in the recent 
last year or maybe two years. It does scare them. It has um, a mark on them. I am too. I would be too harsh if I say it's traumatic, but perhaps it is. We'll know only later. Why I allowed myself or gave myself the permission to let this happen, to break down in front of my kids or be dysregulated, is because one, it was very hard to hold it together all the time, just to be not proper but. good maybe it was a burden of being that good parent and i just couldn't carry it anymore with my therapist i did arrive at an understanding that as a default parent the pressure that i carry on myself will uh be too much at some point and that it's okay if i am breaking down sometimes now i see this as an opportunity to model for my children what to do when you're feeling like this what what happens when you're just human you make mistakes or you cry or you have a fight with with your partner in this case but with your friend how do you navigate emotions now i'm in that stage where i am slowly giving myself permission to have emotions in front of my children break down cry and then repair come together maybe talk about it maybe just hug and sit there and allow tears and then talk about how can we support each other now that is something i didn't get as a child so i made sense of the stresses that my parents experienced the generational trauma they had and all the things that made it difficult for them i've been able to see my parents as humans but i still wish there was space for these conversations that i'm now willing to provide to my children so coming back to how it was like or has been like with two children as a twin mother um it is giving myself permission to be human and not try too hard to hold it together and to be able to move into a space of care comfort and safety for my children after or even even if i am dysregulated how do i move into that space so they are actually my guides they have helped me arrive at this and i'm in so many ways grateful to the forgiveness and wisdom children have they'll forget about it they'll be like you've said sorry okay can we go have ice cream now or can we play now or can we just cuddle and read a book so that um that helps me stay with my own resolution or my own understanding of how to be human around my kids I think that's something we touched on last time we spoke when you said Donald Winnicott said you just need a good enough mother. I came back from that session being like see somebody actually wrote that and said it's okay and just that conversation for me took so much of the load off. See this is my primary gig. Right? It's very different for stay-at-home mums who've 
either due to circumstance taken the decision or like me it was a very well thought out both of us sat together and said that let's do this for you know till the uh, teenagers and then we'll get back to whatever we want to do so a lot of stay at home moms put crazy amount of pressure because it's like this is your career path this is this is what i'm doing with my life i'm being a mom you know i'm being mom to two children and everything they are and who they are thank god ishan is amazing because if he was a train wreck i would be like failure at all levels hmm. yeah because there are a lot of mothers who would be listening yeah who, where where the kids would not be like ishan or yeah. like taratosh yeah. and uh, there would be mothers who could be struggling yeah. with what they thought their child would be like and is not like yeah and some parents can easily put it to we haven't given our kids attention and th- i've been away from my children for one and a half days in total in all their lives you know gorav can say that oh you know i have work and i don't get to spend time with them and it's i don't get those excuses so there's that you know after our last conversation i was like oh some some psychologist actually wrote that somewhere and i don't need to do this and i went to told ishan that you're okay you know even if i'm not together at all points in time you will be okay hmm. you know the foundations have been set and it's all right we you know i'm a little worried about aisha but she's also so much like me yeah. like resilient and you you can't rattle yeah. that child other than it being school she hates school yeah that that, that is something that <laughs> now is very different for you yeah. right because that was very different with the first child now the second child her needs are different yeah. her need mm. for physical presence you know security that comes with being in the home or with people yeah. from the family is very important and i don't know how you all, how you do this or mothers do it with you know sometimes people ask me how do you do it with twins and i'm like i don't know how you do it you're on one mode and then you have to switch to another child and their needs and their mode and their age also so we're still dealing with ishan's emotional needs he had had so much attention i don't think he ever thought a dynamic would change which hasn't now it's more the thing of having this tiny little person wanting wanting to get in on every hug like she sees anyone near me and she like also i also what a hug i've also got hurt everything has happened to her too so i wonder parents who don't have time like who don't have their entire days how do they deal with those questions and that need for you know that physical affection and how do you do it like how do you do it after a long work day aren't you tired aren't you going wanting to switch off and not deal with you know a child and their questions and things like that yeah and 
for working mums on the flip flip side while our job never really ends we also got of keep saying that you're in the comfort of your own home you don't know what it's like to deal with outsiders and people who don't know you priyas had to unlearn the entire ishan template and i i wonder if that's where that's a space of judgment as well yeah I, that takes me to think about the language that we has acquired the idea around emotions regulation being good enough sometimes i wonder if knowledge is burden for me if i could just do away from or go away from this noise these terms these labels and i feel pressured i feel watched i feel like i'm watching myself there's a self surveillance where i'm constantly checking did i mess up did i traumatize my children did they see the worst part of me and i love conversations between children and me my partner and me but sometimes i just want quiet and i think when we sit in with all of this in our heads and give it space give it grace it, something else comes out of that there's one thing that comes out of conversations with our kids with our partner with our support system and there's something else that comes out of conversation with the self it it helps me to be realistic in my expectations so when you bring up uh, priya when you say that mothers who stay at home and then mothers who work these are also somehow two different categories it's first i thought that why is it so to as two different categories such a binary cuz i am somewhere in in the middle i work on weekends i work in the evenings or when my kids have gone to sleep um when i was a stay at home mother it was hard then it's still hard parenting is difficult because you have to be so alert and so involved in so many ways either you don't expect that out of yourself and i think that also works for some parents i can imagine for example doctors or activists people who are in the field they can't come back home every time to their children have a conversation are they less of a parent i don't think so i think the meaning of parenting is becoming narrower in some ways because we have these labels and they're restrictive so what when you say it's your main gig as a parent you're still a person who's doing other things no like you're doing this do we shrink ourselves when a label comes away do we shrink ourselves and say i don't do anything i'm just at home i just take care of my kids and take care of the home i think it's because that question of what so what do you do huh and i'm like i do so many things no i am a stay at home mom you know i, I don't want to explain it's just that question you know whenever i'm asked that what do you do i'm like god we don't have enough time in this 5 minute interaction to tell you what all i do 
and then i'm just like yeah you know stay at home mom you want that label take it and you're coming back to that idea that gunjan was also talking about of how there's such a premium right now in this phase of history on regulation children being able to self regulate parents and children being able to co regulate parents filling their cup and being regulated and this is so different from when i was growing up i grew up in a you know with all families being hysterical everyone was hysterical i mean by hysterical i mean tempers were flying all over the place mothers were screaming people were yelling fathers were angry children were <laughs> all over the place but there is such an emphasis now in terms of the construct of parenting on the idea of attunement on the idea of co-regulation and mirroring and what's going on culturally that there is such an emphasis now on sitting down collaborating having a conversation communicating all of these parenting values were relatively alien to us I mean I know that our parents material circumstances possibly were very very different their historical circumstances the generational trauma they carried from partition for many of our parents and grandparents we've been handed a very different platter and this is the age of control of regulation and I wonder what this generation is going to look like in the next 20 years what they're going to talk to their therapists about <laughs> in terms of where their parents screwed up 